0: Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way, episode 565. And this one's a very, very important episode. We get this question a lot. And uh, how to pick the correct anti-estrogen. So why? Why do we need anti-estrogen for using steroids? On cycle, off cycle, whatever. And look, estrogen is a hormone that's in the body. In males, it's going to be produced when you get testosterone converted. It's converted into estrogen. The feedback loop goes back into the pituitary glands. Pituitary glands create LH and FSH. And LH and FSH stimulate your lytic cells, so your testicles, your testes, into producing testosterone. And then it goes back to converting to estrogen and on and on. It's a big feedback loop. Now, on cycle, your pituitary glands, they get shut down. We all know that. They get suppressed. They no longer produce LH and FSH. The longer you stay on, the more it goes to zero. All right. So you can get blood work done when you're on cycle. Any antigen, any, any, any anabolic steroid you use, aside from provirin, um, is going to have that effect. Uh proviron is weird. It's more like a drug than a hormone, but that's a that's a podcast for another day. In this case, you know, any anabolic steroid, any exogenous hormone that you take. Is going to suppress your pituitary gland because your body says, you know what? I'm getting too much. So what happens when that happens is your Leydig cells aren't getting fed anymore, and you're not going to produce your own testosterone or hormones anymore, and it's not going to convert to estrogen anymore. But the anabolic steroid that you're using, if it is a testosterone derivative, will convert into estrogen in the body. And there are many testosterone derivatives. Obviously, exogenous testosterone is a testosterone derivative. Dianabol is one. Equipoise, I mean, I can keep going. There's others that are structured as DHT, dihydrotestosterone derivatives. So those don't convert to estrogen in the body. So look, long story short, if you're using an anabolic steroid, that that is a testosterone derivative, you're going to have some aromatization into estrogen now how much is going to be dependent on how much you use testosterone if you run 100 milligrams a week of testosterone which is a TRT style dose you're not going to create enough of an aromatization where you're going to have an excessive amount of estrogen in your system because it's it's, it's just it's like a, a dose you're replacing the testosterone you would Produce on your own with exogenous testosterone. So you're trading one in for another one, right? But if you start jacking up your testosterone dose to 200, to 300, to 500, to 750, to 1,000, et cetera, et cetera, the more you jack up the dose, the more estrogen conversion you'll have. Same thing with Dianabol. If you run five milligrams a day of the Dianabol, you'll probably not have an issue with excess estrogen. But once you go to 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 milligrams a day of dynabol, you will definitely start getting a lot of aromatization. Equipoise, even though it's a testosterone derivative, because it's a slow, the way it's structured, it's a slow aromatization. You would have to run a lot of equipoise for it to have an estrogen, estrogenic effect in the body. So a lot of you can run 500 milligrams of equipoise for 12 weeks and you wouldn't have much of an issue with estrogen where you wouldn't need an AI. So it really depends on what you're running, the dosage, what else you're running in a cycle as well, because some anabolic steroids like mastron for example, they can act and help out as an anti-estrogen. But obviously if you're running 500 milligrams of testosterone with 50 milligrams of Dynabol, and then you take 300 milligrams of mastron, that's not enough to combat that. So you definitely need to add an anti-estrogen drug to that. So that's pretty much how it works. Jump in, mobster, and kind of uh, clean up some of the stuff I'm explaining.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give you an example, Stephen, and I've made some notes while we've been talking. We've seen people that claim that they don't need an AI. We've seen people talk about Mastron as an inhibitor, and proviron working the way that it does, and so on. A problem that sometimes happens and and we're getting to specifics of making a particular choice but it, take it from this information now as well is that the person that's giving you advice and perhaps they've done exactly the same cycle as you're about to do so they say well, well my choice on your stack your cycle would be this but they might be or you might be more gyno proud you might literally be the person that gives gyno just looking at a stack of cereals never mind going on a stack you might have had Uh, gyno issues when you were younger. You might be massively fat when you were younger. You might be massively fat now. And so the likelihood of you having issues on a a cycle that the other person responded incredibly well to could be the difference between them them being lean when they started and have never had any gyno issues at all, not as a child, not during puberty, not now, and you, who's not in the exact same condition as them. And I mean, and, and, you know, we, we generalize when we talk about stacks, and we generalize when we talk about responses, but there's always going to be outliers. So, for example, and this happens a lot of the time, we, we get on the forums, a person might be using a perfect AI for them, but they need to tweak the frequency or they need to tweak the amount. And that's another reason why we talk about training logs, because we can say, oh, it says, oh, I'm getting a little bit of itching around the nipple, but I'm using this amount. Go, so, okay, do you need to up the dose? Do you need to lower the dose? Do you need to take it more frequently? You're doing... Is every other day is two times, three times a week enough? That's that's an example. And then again, it's the difference we which we will get into, the difference between one hour and the next. For example, and, and I'll I'll let Steve talk about them. One could be relatively mild, and one we kind of almost save for 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 the the last best guess kind of situation where that person's absolutely going to have problems. They know that they're going to have problems. You've done previous cycles, and every single time they've had to go to X or Y or Z rather than, let's say, for example, Steve, I, I, I and another example, let me touch on this as well. And I've seen this a bunch of times, and it kind of annoys me because the person giving the advice is just real, real lucky. So in terms of not using one, and I've seen this kind of, uh, I, I call it, it's, it's like old wives' tale, Steve, it's a little bit of bullshit, where some people didn't like to use an AI because, and I quote, it suppressed gains. So the thing of it is, and it always, it always kind of annoys me, I always say in response, I would l- rather lose 10% of my gains and not have any issues with blood pressure, not have any issues with water retention, and certainly not have any issues with gyno, above and beyond what perhaps naturally might occur for me, Steve, and lose 10% of my gains, then keep all my gains, gain another two pounds or something on a stack, and then have all those issues to deal with. Equally, and this is another one that slightly annoys me, Steve, is waiting until you see problems. I'd rather not have the problem at all. And then sometimes, Steve, that's the reason why they have to go to the Arsha AIs and the reason why they kind of have to sort of suddenly dive right on in and do absolutely crazy ones. Discuss, if you wouldn't mind, the different kinds and which one we we talk about as being the one that you want to save till last as well, Steve. So, look,
0: there's three aromatized inhibitors that are out there. Now, it's very important to understand the difference between a SERM, which is a selective estrogen receptor modulator, and an aromatase inhibitor, which is an AI. Okay? Now, SERMs back in the day, they used to like to use SERMs on cycle because that's all they had access to. There wasn't an understanding to use AIs in PCT and in um on cycle. So what they would do is they'd run like Nolvadex on cycle to help with estrogen. Now, the problem with Novodex on cycle, even though it's an anti-estrogen like indirectly, the way it works is it blocks estrogen from feedbacking into the pituitary glands, but that estrogen is going to be still there. It's not disabling the estrogen enzyme. AIs, on the other hand, they actually disable the estrogen enzymes. Certain AIs, though, do it better than others because they're permanently disabling it. So, Here's the thing. Aromacin, it's the most modern AI out there. It's also called exemestane, and it is a suicide aromatase inhibitor, meaning when it disables that estrogen enzyme, it keeps it disabled. So if you're using it on cycle, it's going to permanently disable it where you won't get an estrogen rebound. I have seen estrogen rebound in several guys over the years. So it does happen and it can happen months after you come off cycle where you get that estrogen rebound. So that's definitely something that you don't want. Um, Another thing is as well, there's Arimidex and Arimidex has been popular longer than Aromacin because it's been around been around longer than Aromacin. And Arimidex is a great AI as well, but it's not a suicide AI. It is typically going to be a little cheaper than aromasin, and it's typically going to be easier to source than aromasin. But that's changing. You know, all our sources that we come on the forums, evolution.org, they all have both aromasin and arimidex. So at this point, I don't think there's any reason for anyone to not use aromasin unless it's just simply not available to you, which it shouldn't be. If you come on our forums, it's available. So I would 100% always pick aromacin. Now, the third one is going to be letrozole. And letrozole, that's been around a while. I see some morons on social media still recommending letrozole as an AI on cycle. And it's it's a it's not a good one to use. Number one, it's not a suicide AI. Number two, it's way too harsh. So you're going to crash your estrogen way too much on it. It's very hard. It's one of those, when you take it, it's going to crash your estrogen. It's not going to balance it. So you want an AI that's going to balance it. So Aromacent and is much better to use. But this is where Letro comes in handy. When when things get out of control or if it's an emergency situation, um, let's say that Aromacent and Aromadex you're using was fake or you weren't running it at the correct dose, so your estrogen is out of control, Letro can be kind of your savior and that will go in there and it will crash your estrogen. So Letro is much better used in an emergency situation Or if you do have gynecomastia, which was caused by the estrogen, that's where the letro can definitely come into play. So I always tell people you can keep letro on hand as an emergency. It's just like having a fire extinguisher. Hopefully you're never going to use it and you'll probably never use it. Okay. But you have it there just in case. So that's, that's what I tell people. But Ultimately, you want to basically use Aromacin. Now, why do these guys recommend Letro? Because in the 90s, Letro was the one that they widely used because it was widely available. Aromacin was not around in the 90s. They had no clue what Aromacin is. So a lot of these guys, they live in the past. You know, they're, um, you know, I got to take a shot, mobster at your generation. But I call them, you know, they're boomers. And the problem with boomers is they're stubborn and they don't want to change what they've been doing. And who knows, maybe when I get older, I'll be the same way. Maybe you guys, younger guys out there will be the same way when you get older. I have no clue, but I know, (laughs) I know one thing with these guys, you know, they basically just stand up there and they just fucking say how great things were back then and all this stuff. Well, if things were so great back then, why are you giving bad, bad information now? You know that's that's my question to them. Or you got guys with fucking tattoos on their face giving a steroid advice. That's what it's come down to now on <laughs> a lot of these videos. But on, on seriously, guys, these guys, you know, they they mean well, but really they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. So yeah. you've gotta update your knowledge. Aromasin is the best AI. We gotta stick with Aromasin on cycle. Or Ar- Ar- arimidex is also a good one. That would be my second choice. And then you keep Letro in emergency situations. But don't, don't use Letro on cycle. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. No, unless you need yeah. two go. As Mobster need mentioned, to. if you crash your estrogen, it's going to be a problem. And there are going to be – so I'm going to talk about Mobster. I'll, I'll let you jump in. But I want to talk about – Um. What happens when estrogen gets too high, and what happens if, when
1: estrogen gets too low? Yes, yeah, I was just going to ask you to, Steve. I was going to say why you shouldn't crush your estrogen, and we see this come on the forums. We or well, if I, if I, the lower the estrogen, the more gangs I'm going to get. No, no, you need a percentage of estrogen working in your system. So, Steve's going to explain that now. So, when you get let's let's first go over estrogen being out of control,
0: and when estrogen gets out of control in your body as a male, you're going to open yourself up to perhaps gynecomastia. And gynecomastia is basically bitch tits. And it happens when you have a gland in your breasts, okay? And it will enlarge. So you'll notice your nipple gets irritated. You'll notice your your nipple starts, you know, looks weird. It's like getting all pointed. So you can look up online, look up gynecomastia online. Now, some people out there, During puberty, they went through it because their hormones were going crazy. Their estrogen was going crazy, and they ended up with gynecomastia from puberty. So it wasn't like they used steroids at 15 years old. No, it was basically the body, uh, and and unfortunately. But fortunately, now there are solutions to that. You can go on an anti-gynecomastia stack, which would include Letro, Novodex, among other things you can also get surgery to remove the gland so there are good options today versus 100 years ago when you were just basically screwed so that is that is an issue um another issue too is when you have an excess amount of estrogen in the body is water retention and water retention is a domino effect it can affect your sleep you'll you'll have a harder time sleeping You'll have a harder time with energy. You'll feel fatigued all day. Your blood pressure will go up. It's just like carrying around gallons of water on your back all day. It's just going to wear your body down and it's going to harm your workouts because you're not going to be able to put in the workouts. It's going to be harder to do cardio. It's just a domino effect of disaster. So that's what happens when you have that issue um, with, you know, you have that issue when it comes to uh, high estrogen. Now, low estrogen, you know, at the end of the day, okay, and high estrogen as well, the cancer risk also is there. So uh, estrogen is basically fuel for cancer cells in your body as well. So that's very, very important to realize as well. So we don't want to keep estrogen ever high. This is why people who do long-term TRT, monster or sports TRT, they're taking a big risk because they're aromatizing a lot more estrogen for a long period of time and that's definitely going to increase their chances of getting cancer unfortunately so you really have to be smart when it comes to that um it's not something you you, you want to take lightly now when it comes to low estrogen low estrogen is one of those things where you're running too much of an AI and you drop your estrogen too low and when you drop your estrogen too low what happens? is you'll start feeling depressed, your gains are going to get hurt in the gym, you won't be able to get get stronger, you won't be able to get muscle. You'll also notice your joints will bother you a lot more. So, now a lot of people do slam their estrogen who are competing. They'll come they'll slam their estrogen ahead of a contest because they don't want any water in 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 their muscles, any water in their joints, any water anywhere. So, there's a method to the madness of doing that, all right? And that's where people might use Letro, you know, a pro bodybuilder, especially in the '90s, they would they would definitely use um, something like Letro, even Novadex, to kind of slam their their estrogen down. But in all proct- proctality, we, uh, we want to do things and we keep want to keep things balanced. So our goal here is on cycle, we want to keep our estrogen balanced. We want to keep it within range. Off cycle, we want to keep it in range. If we go into PCT with estrogen levels out of control then what do you think is going to happen it's going to be harder to recover and you're going to have a lot of side effects historically back in the day guys would go and they, they wouldn't have an ai right so they run their cycle and they go into pct with high estrogen and then they'd slam their estrogen down and then that would help their testosterone levels recover right Now, the problem with that is the side effects. When you start fluctuating your estrogen up and down and all this stuff, then you cause an amazing amount of side effects. But it is true that high estrogen will make it difficult for your testosterone levels to bounce back. Now, when you're on cycle and you have high androgenic levels of hormones in your body and you have high estrogen, oh my God, you'll feel like a million bucks. Your libido will be crazy. You'll feel like you're 17 again, right? you'll feel amazing. But then when you come off cycle and your estrogen levels are still high, and then the steroids that you're using come down, how do you think you're going to feel? You're going to basically feel like a bitch, you know? So remember, you know, high estrogen and high hormones make you feel like a million bucks. But then when you come off and you got low hormones and high estrogen, you're going to feel like shit. So you want to keep your estrogen levels level. It's just so much simpler. Just keep your estrogen levels level on cycle and PCT. So for a male, PG by ML should be anywhere between 10 and 40 picograms per milliliter when you get get your blood work done. And if you're not sure how your body's reacting to the AIs and are are you balancing things, get blood work done. Get blood work done a few weeks into cycle and see I'm taking 500 milligrams of testosterone. I'm taking 12 and a half milligrams of aromacin three times a week. Run blood work. If your estrogen levels come in too low, closer to 10, you want it somewhere around 25, right? That's the middle range. Let's stick to 25. If it's somewhere close to 10 or 12 or 8 picograms per milliliter, then it's time to take the foot off the gas on the AI. On the flip side, your estrogen is... 40 45 50 or higher then it's time to increase the ai it means you're not getting enough of the ai so that's how you balance it guys and it's going to take trial and error it's going to take experience before you bring in a monster very very important for me to explain this to you guys over time your body will change so just because when you were 30 years old you ran a steroid cycle that had aromatizing compounds, dianabol, testosterone, et cetera, and you didn't have estrogen problems, and you ran blood work, you didn't have estrogen problems with no AI or running a very light AI, doesn't mean five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, you might not have the opposite. And on the flip side, you might, you know, at 30 years old, you may run a cycle and need an AI. And then 10 years later, you don't use AIs anymore. You're like, oh, I'm fine. My, My estrogen levels are normal. I've seen that. It's because our bodies change over time. So keep that in mind. So don't be like, well, you know, when I was 25, I ran a steroid cycle and I didn't need an AI. Nothing happened to me. So I'm 40 now and I'm going to do the same thing. No, it doesn't work like that. Our bodies do change. So don't fall victim to that concept where you think, well, it worked this way for me or it worked this way for my friend. And it's going to be all our bodies are going to be different. And our bodies do change over time. There's a lot of different factors that affect it.
1: Mopster? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue, I would, actually, I wouldn't argue, I'd agree with Steve. The work that I've done in the past would be more physical than the work that I do now, Steve, 100%. Hell, I'm basically retired. So there's no goddamn way that I'm doing the same kind of level of work I was doing five years ago, never mind 15 or 20 years ago. My ability, my 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 metabolism has slowed down. That happens when you get older. That's just perfectly normal. In fact, arguably, Steve, it's easier to gain weight now, bad weight, than it was before because my metabolism and my workload, the way that I was burning calories, was a lot higher. Let me jump in with a different thing as well. Steve says about the difference between what we thought years ago and now. And just as an example, and this occurred to me, Steve, I used to argue for this point all the goddamn time until someone finally cleared it up for me. So we used to pyramid you pyramid up on PEDs, from the beginning of the cycle was low, it was high in the middle, and then we pyramid down at the end. And the the, the, the logic was, Steve, that, you know, you, you, when you taper off at the end, it's that much easier when you're going to PCC to recover. And the reality of the situation was suppressed is suppressed is suppressed. And if you were taking enough at the beginning to suppress your natural testosterone levels, then it ain't gonna be any different whether you're using more or less. You're still going to be suppressed. And so the, I, the the only argument I could come up with when I started to kind of get that, Steve, was that I was still getting good results. Therefore, I was saving money. we not going hard right at the beginning. Now, I go, to, if I'm suppressed, I'm suppressed. And therefore, there's no reason for me to cycle up or down or sideways or anything like that. It made sense at the time. And again, we were using different aromatase and and serbs then. So now, but ultimately you didn't realize if you were suppressing, because we weren't getting as many blood tests and we didn't have the accessibility to blood tests as we do. And we weren't seeing the results and the blood numbers, et cetera, across tens, if not hundreds of thousands of athletes. But now we realize suppression is suppression is suppression. There's zero point going up and down and sideways apart from saving a buck. That's just it. So information does change over time. Use of serums changes over time. Use of aromatics inhibitors change over time. And as Steve said, we change. That is 100% accurate right there, Steve. Something else I've got here, right? So, guys, uh, I'm just looking at show notes here, Steve. Monitoring. Steve mentioned the blood test. I've touched on it just now. Accessibility now is definitely easier, and we've got some codes, et cetera, that you can use. Steve's got links on the forums. We would have to pay, I'm gonna guess Steve, two, three hundred dollars back in the day. And, and until recently here in the UK, it was a similar higher level. I'd have to go to a private doctor and pay two sixty, two seventy dollars just for a consult, which included privately a blood test. Now I don't wanna spend that kind of money when I could be spending it on steaks and chicken breasts and whatever else. But now I can get one that it comes in a post, Steve, and I do a small amount of blood myself pinprick, et cetera, and I can post it back. You've got the same thing in the States. It's a lot easier and a lot cheaper. It's about a quarter of the price of what it used to be, and that includes postage there and back. And I believe, Steve, you're talking about a seven-to-ten-day turnaround. So the information, accessibility information, the ease of monitoring on cycle, and obviously, as we say, knowing that you will change over time. Literally, my workload has changed, and therefore, my, well, these response is going to change, and therefore, the likelihood of estrogen being an issue should be higher now than it was when I was absolutely killing it in the gym, running to work, doing an 8, 10, 12-hour shift, and then doing a bunch of other stuff and working seven days a week. That's just my workload, never mind my lifestyle, never mind simply my age and naturally being easier. It's why you'll see more boobs, man boobs, on older guys, even with skinny arms and legs than you will on the same person 10 or 15 years before. Your metabolism changes, you change. So there's stuff like that, Steve. Ultimately, with this, guys, as, as we said, with this sort of information, when it comes down to it, you need to be keeping an eye on yourself. It's very, very difficult for us to be uh, self-analytical, and it can be very, very difficult. I mean, one of the guys is great log on the forum. He talks about what he says. He's, he describes it every day, Steve, as androgen rage. In other words, his sense of well-being and how he wants to go out and kick the world in the teeth can vary from one day to the next, and that can come from energy levels, it can come from food, it can come from hard training, and and his dosage is not changing from the beginning of the cycle to the end. So he's very, very good in that particular regard, trying to grade it. But is he on point? No, because he's trying to do it himself. His wife, his partner, his girlfriend might disagree. People around him might feel, I've had this Steve multiple times, Even, even with the girlfriend from now, saying, you know, where she thought I was on cycle versus was I not. Funny enough, when she was making most of those comments, I was not on cycle. So maybe I'm more chilled out on cycle. So there's stuff like that. It's very, very difficult with self-analytical. It's why we recommend again and again and again, come on to the forums. That Steve's great interpretation of those numbers for your bloods. That's an example right there. And Steve gave you some numbers to go by. So this is what it comes down to. And that's per the question. Using the right AI or CERN, for your condition today, for the cycle you're doing today. If Steve and I were identical twins, but I was using a much higher dosage, I might need more frequent dosages of an AI. I might need a a simple higher amount, or I might just need to use a different AI from Steve, literally because everything else was the same, but I decided I'm going to use a lot more gear, a lot more steroids on cycle. What do you think, Steve, before we finish?
0: Very, very important to get your estrogen. Like, look, you do everything right on cycle. You go through all the trouble to do everything right, and you miss out on this. And this is – this there's is, just no excuse for this sort of thing in, in, today to have this type of issue because, like I said, every steroid source, you come on our forums, check out our steroid sources. They all sell AIs, all of them. So it's definitely – It's a considered a necessary and mandatory ancillary if you're using compounds that are aromatized. Now, a lot of people want to know, you know, they're like, Steve, do I need to run an AI if I'm using something that's not a testosterone derivative that doesn't convert to estrogen? Do I need to use an AI? And it's a really, really good question. And the answer is obviously no, you do not. You do not. But it's still important to keep an AI on hand because what happens sometimes is a source might sell you something that's not what you think it is. The sources on our forum, they're not going to do that. But if you buy steroids from a buddy, he might sell you T-Bowl, which is really D-Bowl. Or he might sell you Anivore that's really D-Bowl. He might sell you DECA that's really testosterone. He might sell you Primo that's really testosterone. There's a lot of different things that can happen. And those are things that are very common out there. So if you're running something and you're not sure (laughs) what it is, you definitely want to keep an AI on hand regardless, just in case something happens. And then estrogen rebound, it happens as well. It can happen. It's it's not common, luckily, but it can happen. So it's very important to always keep an AI on hand just in case. Um, we had like an AI shortage like, I don't know, five, seven years ago, mobster. And it seemed like no source out there had an AI. I don't know what the hell happened. And um, a lot of people got trapped because they were on cycle and they ran out of AI or they figured, you know what, I could just go and buy an AI if something happens. I'll just go on on my favorite source and order it. Well, all the sources, for some reason, they didn't have any Aromacent or Aromadex. They only had Letro. So people got caught, you know, with their pants down on that one. So I always tell people you can't go wrong just keeping an AI in hand. And hopefully you'll never need to use an emergency AI. You'll never need to use Letro. But it's a it's a good idea just to keep it in case they're not expensive. And, um, you know, they can sit in your closet for years. And it's not anything that's, you know, going to go bad. They, I mean, it can take 5, 10 years for these, these products to start becoming uh no good anymore so yeah. just it's better safe
1: than sorry yeah go ahead no, don't wait until you've got a problem anticipate a problem as steve says have it on hand i was i've only made this mistake once in the past steve and fortunately arrived just in time where i had a cycle i needed bits and pieces and literally they arrived two or three days before and ai would always be included because i prefer to have an ai in my cycle my stack anyway and i don't wait until i see a problem and then I've got to wait and then end up in a situation that Steve's described, where lo and behold, all the great sources have got nothing in stock. And here I am kind of getting myself screwed because of the choice I made. So I would definitely make sure I have one on hand. I'd make sure it was there, ready in my little stack, in my, my touchdown, pre-cycle, ready to be used if it's required. And in my case, in the in the cycle straight away and able to tweak it as I go along rather than have a problem and necessitate having to run around and find if someone has got one or a proof source has got stock or whatever, or even like contacting them directly, say if you can get some from mobster, da-da-da-da. Never want to be in that situation. Guys, you, you know you want to make the right choices. We're going to give you that kind of information. As always, we're looking forward to your feedback. Please note, we are not doctors' and opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on a topic, a podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.